Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Well, welcome to New Day. If you're new here, we're informal. Um, if you want to support the ministry, we don't take offerings. We receive them. What that means is there's a box in the back. And if you would like to support the ministry here, you're welcome to put cash in there. And there's envelopes, or you can write a check. And a lot of people make donations online. You can do it that way also. The other thing that's available is communion's always available during the service. Next, we try to, most first Sundays of the month, we take communion corporately as a body and make it a part of the service. But it's available every Sunday in the back. And the other thing is there's people back there at the end of the service that will pray with you. So, well, how we doing? Fantastic? Here, you should teach today. (laughs) I had one of those weird days. I had a rough day yesterday. Today's better because of all of you. So I had a rough, strange day yesterday. I got one of those midday headaches. And then, uh, do you ever have this where, like, just uh, lies or, like, icky accusation about who you are and what's going on in your life start and you go and you do the old thing where you go oh no that's the enemy and you try to take authority over it you take authority and you get done praying and then it comes back right the the same thing keeps getting at that i had a battle all day yesterday like that it was just uh, i've had it for a long time so if any of you are going through that I went through that, and if any of you aren't, you can pray for me, but can we do one more prayer? Yeah? Okay, we're going to confess. Jesus, we confess that you think we're incredible. That you put life into us. That you changed us. We went from what was to what is. We are brand new in you. All of our thoughts can align with who you are. Your word says that you've given us the mind of Christ. That we can enter into that place and we can confess the righteousness that you have given to us as a gift. We can confess the peace that goes beyond understanding. We can confess that we have joy in you. So I declare over our minds right this morning, we have joy. Right in the midst of all the turmoil and the stuff that we're having to do, we have you. We have joy. That's the truth, and we want to enter into your truth this morning. So we declare it over ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's why I think it's happening. Because this is what we've been studying. The spirit of truth. It's the name of the Holy Spirit. Not the only name. He's called counselor. He's he's called comforter. But I love this that Jesus himself declared his name to us. He says, and he is the spirit of truth. 
Last week we began to look at this, that it's part of his essential nature in what Jesus said about him, that this is true truth. If you will, the, well, of course it's true truth. What does that mean? That's actually a, somewhat of a theological term that means it is truth that is ever-present and keeps going. So it's true truth. It's not a truth that you lock up and stick away and put in the cabinet. It's truth that's alive and keeps producing and reproducing truth in our lives. The very promise of what Jesus did, in some ways, and we're using weak human terms here, released the Holy Spirit to us. Now, the Holy Spirit came, you know, even in the beginning. It says before creation was occurring, the Spirit was brooding, (laughs) you know, over over that nothingness. So he was always there, and in the Old Covenant, he would come on people. (laughs) He would come upon them. But the incredible thing was, with what Jesus did at the cross, he was released, if you will, in such a way to indwell human flesh. Just like Jesus came and was incarnated into human flesh... Now the Holy Spirit in Jesus' death and resurrection was released to be imparted. To be given to us and that he would come into our lives. It's it's just absolutely stunning. This This is a stunning thing. Because it's not dependent on what's occurring in our lives. It's not dependent on circumstances, family, Anything like that, no matter what is going on, God's in you. A little bit mind-boggling, isn't it? No matter what's occurring, you can be right in the middle of a, let's get real practical. You can be in the middle of a, if there is such a thing, a good fight with somebody. Uh, We usually use that with our spouses. You can be right in the middle of a, Good fight, whatever that means. Sort of an oxymoron, isn't it? Good fight. Jesus doesn't go, oh, they're fighting. I better go away for a couple hours. They'll be okay in a little while. I'll come back and I'll smooth everything out. No, he's right there in the midst. Just when you're getting ready to yell and go, oh, yeah, well, you're... (sighs) He's right there, right then. Maybe if that reality, the the deep, present tense sense of reality, God with me, we always say, the hope of glory, but God with me, the hope of life. If that becomes, when that truth becomes harnessed in our lives, would it affect our behavior? Oh, baby, I keep trying to change my behavior. Really, it's the one I'm connected to. And he's not as wigged out about my behavior as I am. He doesn't go suddenly, okay, you said the magic word. I'm going to leave for a while now. 
Really? No. How do you know that? Because that's what the scripture teaches about who the spirit of truth is. All you have to do is go to Romans 8. See, we always want to do it when we think when something's not going good at like work or something. But it's this. In Romans 8, he says this. Nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. How many things? Not anything. It won't separate you. So he's there. In that, we find truth to be somewhat frightening. When in reality, Christ will only ever declare true truth to you. Spiritual truth, not flesh truth. He will not declare to you flesh things about you. He will always declare to you who he is in you and who you are in him. That's the truth. So when that other thing happens, like what happened to me yesterday, that was not his voice. This is how I discern that, because it was declaring to me things about me that he says are not true. And he will only declare what is true of me and you all the time, in every way. Is this... Because this essential nature is really important because it'll change the way then you try to have relationship with him. It's funny that we all use behavior as a means to get relationship with God. And actually relationship with God is a means to get behavior. And that actually righteousness is a free gift. And my behavior is a fruit of relationship that happens with God. My behavior isn't the means to have relationship with God. Is this? That's the true truth about the Holy Spirit. Glory. Truth is then always the gateway to fellowship and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. When the counselor comes, Jesus said in John 15, whom I will send to you from the Father, notice how he connects the three of them, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Who will the Holy Spirit testify about inside of you? Jesus. It's, it's really interesting. The Holy Spirit never brags on himself. He brags on Jesus. Always. We're called to brag on the Holy Spirit. Let my boast be in 
God? Let my, let my words say those things about God? He will always speak to you the truth. Because he's the spirit of truth. And therefore he will declare Jesus to you and your identity. Over and over and over and over again. And that's how we're to live and move and have our being in God. It's something, listen, we've been taught and we've taught and we think this way. Being a Christian is really hard. No, it's not. Breathe. Take a deep breath. Was that hard? No, it was life. (gasps) In him was life. We've been taught that being righteous is a really difficult thing. That's not true. He made me righteous. All I have to do is be how I was made. It's not hard. I received it as a gift. It was given to me. I don't have to make it happen. It's mine. So, and then then we've been taught that sinning is really easy. Actually, sinning's not easy for you. You know why? Because the spirit of truth is in you. And you and I both know this. It happens in nanoseconds. And this is how we all know we still have legalism in us. Is I measure whether I think I can get away with it or not. Uh Uh-oh. Is that letting the mass down too much? In nanoseconds, we... See, it's hard to sin for a Christian. It's really hard. Because you have to move into the flesh. And the scripture says in Romans... Hey, but the Spirit of God is in you, so you're not in the flesh. You're in the... Well, then how come I think wrong thoughts? Because you're putting your mind on the flesh, not on the Spirit. It's easy. I start declaring things to me. What we're really talking about is how we deal with temptation. Because you can't deal with sin. You were never designed to deal with sin. You were never designed to manage sin. You can't do it. It destroys you. He, man, he destroyed sin for you. You were designed to manage your new life in Christ. And to get into agreement, to declare it and receive it. The spirit of truth. Because when the counselor comes, whom I will send. Has he come? Is there another one coming? What's the true truth about the Holy Spirit in you? new creation. I'm alive. He made me completely different. I said for so many years, I want to learn more about God. Where you, are you, maybe you're at that place right now. That's, that's a wonderful thing. Do you know what the Holy Spirit wants? He wants you to learn more about Christ in you. That's what he will focus on. God knows who he is and he knows who you are. The Spirit's work is not focused on you becoming a better person. The Spirit's focus is to lead you and guide you into life in the Spirit. Life. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And we find it that this is what it does. It puts us into unity. And this kind of unity, friendship, partnership with the Holy Spirit, leads us into grace to know some true things about us. Our identity, yes, who I really am, 
our relationship, our lifestyle, and on our purpose. The environment of the Holy Spirit is essential to the development of you. For years, I thought the Holy Spirit's job was to convict me of sin. You know what? Actually, you never had to do this. I knew what sin was. He never once had to point out to me, go, Lord, you know, that's sinful. I knew it was sinful. Come on. Like, you mass down a little further here. Didn't you? You didn't, you didn't have to have him show up and go, Lloyd, let me explain to you. That's sin. And this is, that's really wrong and bad. I knew it was wrong. Well, how did I know it was wrong and bad? The spirit of truth was already dwelling in me. I didn't have to have sin identified to me. I had to have me identified and the fact that Christ conquered sin. So what I was actually dealing with was temptation. Temptation can't be mastered in the flesh. I have to put my mind on the new creation and on the Holy Spirit and who he really is in me. Try it next time that you're tempted. Because you already know, I mean, it's weird. We're, humans are so weird, what we do with this when we play with temptation and sin. Oh, I wonder if that's wrong. No. <laughs> if you even ask the question, you know it is. Should I really, uh, if I do that, then it's going to... The very fact that you've got the machination going on is because the spirit of truth is in you and you know it. We actually don't have to be taught from right, right and wrong. We have to be taught to live in the righteousness that God has made me. Who I really am. The real identity. So that means the environment has to change. If it's not focused on you becoming a better person and it's on life, this is what I found. I I know this because it wasn't a formula, but listen, when I got upended at the end of 2010, and God showed up, and I had a visitation with him, and I heard his voice speaking to me about grace, and then I started moving into, what, what is that? And I started just trying to touch it a little bit, find it in scriptures, praying into it. Oh my gosh, did that release the work of the Holy Spirit in my life? All over again. And then within six to nine months, I was looking at you guys like a crazy guy going, I've been born again again. How did that occur? Spirit of truth. The environment changed. I started reading and and. Through instruction of the Lord, I started reading Romans 5 through 8. And I read all of Romans, but I decided that there was something there that I didn't understand. And I wanted to be able to smell, taste, believe, and live in the environment of what was there. I wanted to know it. And instead of the wanting to know God, I wanted to know God in me. And I found it in Romans 5 through 8. I, I found this generous helping. Now, we can get stuffy and say it was doctrine. 
Here's what was happening. The spirit of truth was taking the truth of the word and he started to change the environment of the new man that I am. It, it started occurring in me. And this is what I found out. The power of the spirit resided there. The real power of the spirit. Explosive, exponential life. And I started enjoying Lloyd. I could always enjoy God. It was me I didn't enjoy. But once I realized that Christ and I were united and that the only true way to enjoy God was me and the only true way to enjoy me was God, that meant the environment had to be different. It had to be an environment of grace and truth. This is the environment. So I'm going to skip from Romans 5 right to Romans 8. Romans 8, 1 and 2. There is therefore now... For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. This whole thing is about life. He doesn't want a better Lloyd. He wants a new Lloyd. Matter of fact, he has a new Lloyd. I am brand new. If you have received Christ, you are brand new. That's the environment that changes you. That's the declaration of Holy Spirit inside of you. He will always say it to you. The Holy Spirit won't come to you and go, well, you did pretty good today, but there's a couple things you missed. Let me talk to you about them. He will not declare that to you. Here's what he'll declare to you. I have made you righteous. You are in my son. You are a brand new creation. And my delight is in you this day. Walk in it. That's what he will do. Way different way of living. There's still, I, I know plenty of grace people are still struggling with this. They still want to have that peace where they're trying to be at peace with God. He made peace with you. Give up. Give up. And let, then the Spirit starts taking you on to other things. Because the other way, when your life in Christ, it will grow when your fellowship in and with the Spirit of truth increases. Is there a part I play in this? Breathing him in and breathing him out. Say to yourself 50 times tomorrow, in him I live and move and have my being. I am brand new in Christ. I am filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells within me. Now watch what happens when temptation comes at you. You know what? Most of the time you don't even recognize it. You're oblivious. You walk on. You, 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 you walk on. You walk away from it. You know, you, can, you sing the Isaac Hayes song. Walk on, you know. Walk away from that thing. So you don't know who Isaac Hayes is. 
Let's read the rest of this. Just, just read this with me this morning. And then I'm going to read something from Graham Cook to you. This is about the power of the Holy Spirit. This passage. This isn't about you figuring out an equation. This is about how God will come in the spirit of truth to you so that you can recognize the truth and live and move and walk in it. So we're going to read it slow. Teacher Andrew Farley says, when you don't understand something, read it real slow. So we're going to read this slow this morning. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Some of you all probably almost need to just not read it with me, but shut your eyes so that you can receive it. Block everything else out. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Okay, then i got to generate this thing and make this walk in the Spirit happen. Keep reading. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, fleshly minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity, it's at war against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, which is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Nor indeed can be. So then... Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now you've got to listen to verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. What? But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. How many of you were thinking right then, yeah, I've got to keep conquering this flesh thing. I've got I to make sure I've I, I got to, like... How do I know I'm in that? If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Does the Holy Spirit dwell in you? You believe that? Then you are in the Spirit, not in the flesh. That means that you can set your things on the things of the Spirit and your mind doesn't have to go to the flesh. And when it does, there's such a quick authority thing that happens because the Holy Spirit is way more powerful than your flesh. You're just convinced your flesh rules you. And that is not true. That is a lie. Verse 
Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, does he? He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. The Spirit is more powerful than my flesh. Always. There's no way your flesh triumphs over your spirit because your spirit is joined to the Holy One. And for you to say and agree with the other way is a lie. Well, this is too hard. Then I got to think about that all the time. What's the verse that trumps all of that? This is too hard. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm free. If we really acted as free as we are, then we become dangerous people on the earth. Then we really become dangerous people on the earth. Then we will really move in the other stuff of the Holy Spirit. Because we keep going back to the foundational stuff that it talks about in Hebrews 6. We keep trying to learn about the truth by conquering sin. So we measure our lives in how much we're growing in God and the environment of God by how well we're behaving and how much sin we're triumphing over. And Paul called that in Hebrews the foundations of faith. And he said, don't you want to mature? That means put that one to rest and move on to other stuff. But we've been taught that real growth is how much more I quit sinning. But sin isn't attributed to you anymore. You're right back in the same sin management problems. Are you tracking with me? Somebody give me a couple head nods that you're tracking with me. You've been freed from that. But you stay stuck and immature in what the Holy Spirit is doing, what He wants to do in your life, how you hear His voice, because you keep making the issue about your sinfulness instead of about your righteousness in Christ. And as long as you stay there, you get stuck and diminished. And He wants to talk to you about way bigger things. Because he conquered that one. Listen, this is amazing. He wants to move you on into other things. I want to go to other things. You want to go to other things? I want to go to other things. So this is what's happening in my life. I kept going back to square one. He said, he can hit singles all day long. Wouldn't you like to hit a double today? You, you got that down, okay. Yeah, yeah, you got that one down. You know how to, yeah, you know how to bring it back and get it right with me again. By the way, it's been right every time. Would you like to taste what a home run feels like? Or a grand slam? Well, then get trying to get a base hit. You got one. He did it. He got you the base hit. Now, I'm using a very loose metaphor, but please hear me this. Go up and swing for the fences. Be the all-star that Christ says you are. What? 
Okay, I believe that about me. Okay, Noel Alexander, I have a word for you. You are going to, and you knock it out of the park by work, being with the Holy Spirit and declaring truth over somebody else's life. And it knocks it out of the park. You hit a grand slam because you went on beyond the foundations of faith and you know you're a new person. So you got the excitement of going, bam! And you watch somebody else in a trickle of a tear starts rolling down their eye. Because truth got told them, they start believing that God's at work in them. Now suddenly you have a partnership, a fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and he's leading you into other things. What some have called greater things. What Jesus declared would be greater things. That's what we were meant for. And this is how it works. Can I read a passage from Graham Cook's blog to you? Okay, before I said you can close your eyes, I really want you to close your eyes on this one. This is just part of the quote. I want you to just hear, because I believe with all my heart, this is the spirit of God to us, to you and I. The Father uses two ways to develop our spirituality. Impartation and process. If impartation is first, it will be followed by process later, and vice versa. Impartation is always on God's agenda because he loves encounter. And process is always his will for us because he adores establishing our encounters as lifelong experiences. Impartation works from an experience into the process, which is the truth. Process works with the truth toward a place of encounter, which is impartation. They are two sides of the same coin, a paradox. We cannot have one without the other. Every conversation and encounter with God has an impartation with the potential to launch us into a whole new place of favor, permission, and authority. Do you hear that? Every time, if a little bit of truth gets in there this morning... That is an encounter. That is an impartation. And its intent is to distribute to you, through the Holy Spirit, favor, permission, and authority. Stunning. We must explore that space. That's the environment. We must explore it. Not just enjoy the experience. We must seize the opportunity being presented to move joyfully into the place where we are unrestrained in the joy and love of God in the Holy Spirit. It is important that we enjoy the euphoria 
of what is happening, but we must make sure that we take some ground in our relationship with God. Here's what I'm convinced of. God wants to do stuff among us. The Holy Spirit wants to start showing up in our midst and identifying Himself more and more and more. Now, if you're like me and you have some baggage from the past, let go. Let go, let, let go of the baggage. I know. Listen, I'm as skeptical as the worst skeptic that's sitting in here. I'm as jaded. I have been hurt by church more than all of you combined. So what? I have the Spirit of God dwelling in me. I have the Holy Spirit of God in me who wants to move me on to new things, not old bitterness, not old jaded way of things of looking. Yeah, but I saw that and they laughed and they barked. It was so fleshy. It was this, it was that. Stop. Let go. Let go of the baggage. Let go of what happened. Let go. Just let go. But I'm scared. Let go. He's the spirit of truth. He will manifest in truth. Will there be weirdness again? Probably. People are weird. Okay, Lloyd's weird, and the rest of you are pretty sane. What if we just opened ourselves up to the spirit of truth? What if we just said, hey, Holy Spirit, really, like you show up however you want, and I'll get in agreement with you. What will happen? (laughs) We might enjoy life again. I might really enjoy a bike ride. Uh, I'll enjoy fishing. Bike riding is just too much work. Bless you guys that ride. What if we could really, in him, we live and move and have our being again? Not just here. Not just an encounter on Sunday morning. But what if you were able to take an environment that happened here and live Monday through Saturday in the same place? And what if Holy Spirit becomes such a reality that you quit questioning whether that was his voice or not? That you got so familiar with the environment of truth. You got so used to the smell of Holy Spirit truth that the minute the liar came again, you go, you didn't even have to do that. I rebuke you in the name of the Son of God, and I, can, I call down Moses, I call down, I call down the angels, I call down... All you do is go, ah, lie. I know who I am in Christ. Yeah, Satan comes, but there's nothing there. We have the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, leading me in all truth. And that's just the foundation. That's not the other stuff of what we get called into. Don't, aren't you hungry? I'm so hungry for that again. For that again. I don't know if I ever tasted any of it. But I know what I want to taste. If you want the real deal, just lift your hand. You want to, like, real stuff. Okay, he sees our hand lifted up. So look at that. That's almost all of it. If you don't, it's okay. You don't have to. You don't ever have to do anything here. I want real stuff. I want real Holy Spirit. I want truth. I want God. More and more, and I want to live and move in that environment. 
not in weirdness, not in control, not telling people who they're going to get married to, not demanding that they change jobs, but real life friendship that says, oh, you're beautiful this day. Remember when Diane walked up the other day? The Holy Spirit said to to me, tell everybody she's beautiful. That was the Holy Spirit. She needed to hear that. Now, I don't know if that's a home run, but it's at least a double. You just go, go Holy Spirit. He will always speak truth through you to somebody else. I want this. Put your hand back up. Lord, in these lifted hands, see a request. We want you complete, whole, to live and move in the spirit of truth. We want the real deal. We're tired of playing in the, in the sandbox of lies, in the, in the dirty water of the world. We want freshness. We want Holy Spirit, your breath of life. You're the one. Jesus said you would come and you did. You're the one who's come. So we receive you again this morning. We just say yes to you because every one of your promises over my life, over our lives are yes and amen. So we say yes to your yes and your yes out trumps our no. So trump us with the spirit of truth in Jesus name. Amen. Where do we go from here? Worship. All right, come up and worship. We can... I can't tell what time it is anymore. We're probably like over the thing because that clock's been stuck for three weeks and nobody will change it. So it must mean they want me to keep preaching. I'd like, I'd like everybody to think about this, that God who made the universe and everything we know and all the beauty and everything decided that he needed one of you here. Let's stand. Would you do something for me for next week? Would you change your expectation in coming to church from being, I hope I get something today, into, Lord, use me today? Move the expectation into truth. Lord, let me speak as the oracle of God this day. Let me walk in the Spirit. Let me see people in the Spirit and give me... If you don't want to call it a a word of knowledge, give me an encouraging word to say to one other person. Come with that expectation that God wants to use you to affect other lives. Now there's sometimes, I understand, we have to come to receive. But if you had the expectation that you're going to move in the Holy Spirit and you're going to come to give and you just said that weak and imperfect prayer on the way in and God knows who you are, what would happen? Not the, oh, with this one plea, just use me one time, God. No, 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 no. (laughs) Lord, here am I. I'm filled with your spirit. I'm going to be a truth talker today. What if you came that way? 
So there's my dare question to you. I dare you. I double dog dare you. With sprinkles on top to come that way. So we love you, God. Amen.